Welcome to Power in Humanity. I'm your hostess, Alani. On this season, we're going into the mind of a creative. Let's do it. Chef Leek, audio engineer, music producer, A&R director, based here in Atlanta. I can't cuss, can I? I yes, can you can. Talk your <laughs> shit. One of the, but the hardest young nigga coming up in Atlanta. Okay, you heard it here first on Power and Humanity. Hmm, what's going to be my thing today? How would your self one year ago perceive where you are today? I'm definitely ahead. Slow motion is better than no motion. I did an interview a few months ago where the host was explaining to me that just because I step away from music or I slow down in one aspect of my career doesn't mean that I'm not making progress. It's just my focus has been steered into something else to help me excel, you know, in different avenues than just music. How would your future self perceive you? You got a long way to go. Okay. That was a good one. All right. So right into it, you just said that you were kind of steering away from one avenue in your career and going into the other one. Would you like to explain that? I'm not going away from music. I'm more of uh, just seeing what else I like, you know? Mm -hmm. Music is it's in a weird time right now, in my opinion, in the music industry. It's nothing to still compete, obviously. But the oversaturation has hindered a lot of people, a lot of talent. Me in different ways from others, others from different ways from me. But if you truly want to be wealthy, you have to be great in more than just one thing. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm trying to get all the skills I can get. I'm going to get my Pro Tools certification so I can be able to run or work inside of like a bigger room, you know, like a patchwork studios type of thing. And they want to see like paperwork. Whereas if I'm at a, you know, somebody's home built studio, they, they're cool with, okay, he's got extensive experience. I can bring him in and trust him with the room. I'm also starting to get into real estate. So just, you know, like I say, you know, different things. Right. And people say like, you never stop learning. Like, no matter what career you're in, no matter where you are in your career, there's always something else to learn. Learn something new every day, for real. That's true. So how did you discover your passion for music? My boy seldom, and he would have been rapping for a minute, actually. He really, because I was messing around with the beats a little bit. I was on free loops, just, you know, clicking in stuff, really just messing around. I wasn't really taking it serious. And then he was telling me, like, like, I actually could do something with it and it sounds, you know, decent. And if I take it serious and he's taking it serious, you know, we can go, we can go hard in it. So I had like a desktop with a monitor and I used to carry that around. Like a lot of folks don't even know what a desktop looks like. I know. I, I, I had a Dell desktop and a monitor and I would carry it to my homeboy crib that was down the street from me in the neighborhood. The same big monitors? 
one of the monitors and then yeah. I had the desktop. Yes. And I would wrap the keyboard and the mouse and I would take it. And I had a MIDI keyboard too. I'll take all that to my homeboy crib down the street and then I'll cook off for hours and come back. Yeah, I was still in high school at the time too. So I was just thinking about that the other day. I was truly dedicated around that time. All right, it's not that I'm not dedicated now, but back then that's when I really like, that's when I really started believing like, like I am hard. I'm, I definitely got a lot of potential. Would you say that your drive has changed since then? Yeah, it fluctuates though. It's not like I don't want it anymore or I don't want it as much. You know, like I said, different avenues, different careers and learning different things. It's going to slow me down in certain aspects of my careers and life. But that's not to say that I'm not as driven. I definitely don't get after it as much as I did when I first started and I was learning. But that was because it was like I was still in that kid phase to where like, I'm just learning. It's like learning a new toy. You get a new toy, you play with it every day. You know what I mean? I don't cook up beats every day. I do it when I feel like the vibe is right. I do it when I feel like, yeah, I got that itch in me. But a lot of people say they cook up every day. A lot of people say they do 30 beats a day or something like that. Yeah, see, I I do at most. And within a four to eight hour span of me being in the studio, I'll do it most probably like six beats. That's if the vibe's got to be right. I got to be like feeling it because I'm not going to, you don't want to force your artwork. Right. So what's the right vibe for you? The right vibe for me would be uh, just good energy. I like good energy around me. You know, got smoke in the air, probably some sports playing. Me and, me and the homies just laughing. Laughing, enjoying life, you know, good energy. If you if you got some bad energy, I typically don't I don't spend too much time in the studio around bad energy because that that goes left every time. Unless I'm engineering, if I'm engineering, then that's different. I got to hold down the fort. Explain the difference. With engineering, I got to hold down the fort. As in, I'm the one recording. The room doesn't work unless I work. So it's like bad energy in the room or not. I just mind my business. I'm going to mind my business either way, but. You kind of have to be the director of like whatever's going on. In a way, yeah. Supervisor, more like for some artists or babysitter. But it's just, it, it's all this, every situation is different. Was there like a specific time of day where you feel like you have better vibes or you feel more creative or is it just like a wake up? Guess it's a good day, like gonna create something good. I like making my beats in the morning or like early afternoon. That's when my energy's highest. Probably got like an early wake and bake going, eat like a chicken biscuit or something like that. Wouldn't load up on, you know, like Chick fil A. <laughs> wouldn't load up on uh, too much breakfast for real. But yeah, I mean, early on in the afternoon. When when my energy's highest, my 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 creativity's flowing the best. After a, after a long day, if I find myself in the studio at night, I'll you know I'll cook up, or if I'm at the crib, I'll put some headphones on or something like that. So, how long did it take you to realize like your pattern, like your energy pattern, like how you make beats, like when you um, perform the best, when you create the best? 
because that's not always an easy thing to figure out. Like I know for me sometimes like when I'll write, I'll write in the morning, but then like there are periods of time where like I write really well at night. So like you said, your drive fluctuates, like sometimes my creativity fluctuates. So how yeah. do you kind of keep yours consistent and like find that groove? Basically, like it's like you said, it's the creativity fluctuates. I find things to do in my not necessarily my pastime, but I also engineer too. So I hear different I hear different sounds that that pulls from my creativity also, me as an engineer, because engineers, whether a real engineer, a lot of people don't know, build the song. We're the ones who truly build the song from we put together the hook, the verse. When the artist gets on the song and they and they start rapping, they're going to ask me, where's the hook at? Or do, what do I think about, about the first four bars, first eight bars they did? This I'm going to tell them, this is your hook or this is your verse. This could be a verse. I'm, I'm telling them how to build a song. So that pulls from my creativity also. I have a lot of clients, so I do a lot of engineering. And I got the groove of it, of like not burning out. Once uh, it took me, it took me probably about three, four years, three, four years to learn not to burn out, go crazy in one day. You said burnout. I feel like I went through that last summer. I worked during the year. Mm -hmm. I tried like over the summer to get creative and like write and draw and like get all that creativeness out. And like towards the end of the summer, when I hit you up, I was like, I need a distraction. Like I've been creative all summer. Like I can't think of anything. It kind of felt like a block in my brain, like nothing was coming out. Yeah, no, like, for have sure. Have you been through like a creative block? A creative block, I definitely have. Just from different, different things in my life that are, may arise, everybody questions themselves eventually. I've done that before, not too much, not too much anymore. But I did probably like a couple years ago about a year ago is really like questioning like a lot of things that I had going on but typically if I get a board if I get my board in front of me my machine if I get that my board in front of me and I, and I plug up it, it don't take much for me to really get motivated not even get motivated but feel the feel the creative juice to start flowing you said you went through like a creative block like a year ago. Do you know like what caused it or like what was going on around that time? Oh, it was a couple. I think it was like a couple of years ago. But I just I had an issue with like it was I don't want to say personal issue, but it was just like an issue on like respect, respect in a way. Okay. And I don't like I don't like feeling like I'm being played or feeling like I'm being disrespected. So, you know, I just remove myself from any city. Like I said, bad energy. If I don't, yeah, if it's right, if the energy ain't right, I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. Right. And you said that it brought, like, feelings of doubt that you had to overcome? Feelings of doubt of, like, not in myself, because that really helped. It helped drive me to, to do more, to, to do what I say I'm going to do. Because it shifted my focus towards my my project, the diamonds in the rough. It shifted my shifted my focus to that. So okay, this was going on over here on the backside. I'm gonna go focus on this then get make make this happen. I've been talking about it. I'm gonna make it happen. And it was dope. 
It was. It definitely was. Y'all check that out. Yeah, it was. So I have a question about that. For me, like when I was putting out like my first book, right? And Mm -hmm. even like the first time I put out my first podcast, you were there. I was like, no, I really don't want to do this. Like, this isn't something I want to do. Like I put out my first book. I was like, okay, like this is kind of strange. But it also brought like kind of a high at the same time because it's like you're doing something you have something that you're working on every day like you're focused on it for a long period of time right right and after you release it it kind of like goes into like a lull ish type thing like okay yeah like yeah you have to like push it and promote it but it's not as much energy going into it like there's not as much focus around it because it's already created on the rollout phase yeah right so for me it brought out a lot of things like, okay, I don't want to say it was like doubt, but more like, um, like emptiness, like everything that I was working on was like gone. Like I released it already. And like, boom, that's it. Like, did you ever feel that in a sense? After I released my project? Mm-hmm. No, because it's everything comes, everything comes back full circle. Mm-hmm. That seed you planted is, is usually got to keep water in it. That's all that is. I never felt like I'm doing numbers higher than a lot of artists that I that I know or a lot of a lot of artists that don't trust my word and don't think I, you know, might know what I'm saying as much. Like I'm doing I'm doing some good numbers on my project for it to be my first one. And I'm a producer. So it's it's doing pretty decent. So it's like I never I never thought that it stops after it releases. It keeps going. I keep telling people about it. I keep doing interviews. I keep, you know, doing, uh, I, I was on a panel, a, uh, a teacher, a music panel, and I was teaching this class of, um, they might have been teens and preteens, okay. teaching this class of audio engineering and music production, basically like a music technology class. And that, you know, it all comes hand in hand. I can tell them about me doing the project and they tap in. I've got high schoolers, you know, middle schoolers that I know around me that they 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 love it. They got artists that they like. They tell their friends and it's just a chain reaction. I just, I keep plant watering that seed and you just have to watch it grow. It takes time. It kind of like grew into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Plants don't grow overnight. It's true. Yeah. It takes, takes a lot of time. That is true. Okay. So now that we're talking about diamonds in the rough, what was your creative process in like making it? So it was my manager's idea. I have a good number of placements that I am just holding on my hard drive for me recording or you know, the song being sent to me from other artists or a song that I do that gets leaked and, you know, a fan might send it to me or somebody I know, my homeboy might have sent it to me. And as it adds up, I just put it together on some DJ Cali type thing. It's a, it's a, it's a motion to help market me as a producer but it's also another way to produce sales so got the songs i just i 
I, I had multiple listening sessions between me and my partners. It took me probably eight to six months to put the project together to figure out what songs were going to go where. I had to put together the interludes. Uh, those interludes on there, like genuine conversations. A lot of people feel like, oh, you get somebody in the studio and you have and you record them. They they read it off a script. Like, nah, that has to be genuine. So those, you know, I get genuine conversations from me and my homeboys, just catching it, candid type feel, and it brings more personality to the project. I had a Grammy winning engineer that I know master the project for me so he did that and came back sounding great came out sounding stellar then um i got a graphic designer i know over at warner brothers and he he cooked it up for me i didn't have any professional photos at the time i didn't do i didn't do the photo shoot that i my for my my rollout my uh the shoot i did for my rollout i didn't have the pictures before the cover was made so he had to come up. We had he had to cook up some, and the way we came up with that cover that we got is completely is completely left from where we were going. We had to we we took it apart. Yeah, so it it even in that aspect, it got pretty creative. So, what direction were you trying to go? I don't know to be honest. I told him diamonds in the rough, and I said, bro, like these are the pictures I got. These not the best, but. Well, I thought they were okay, but he said, you know, we can't really use these. They're not like professional quality. He just couldn't work with them. So yeah, so I didn't have I didn't have an initial image until he started piecing it together. I got like three different colors of that same cover that we used. I couldn't decide between the blue and like an off white one and the red one. The red one just seemed to be eye-catching enough. It was definitely, like, it just popped different. So going into a completely, like, kind of a left turn, we're going to turn into, like, mental health a little bit. What benefit does your music have on your mental health? It's a good getaway for me when I, when I want to just step into a different world, you know, for lack of better words. I would by myself i really get the vibe i feel like i can get my my mood out every time i make a beat it's based off of my mood um you know if i'm feeling down about the day or whatever the case may be i'm not finna be making some current party shit or you know some trap shit i'll probably just make some some mellowed out some boom back whatever but it ain't finna be like it just helps me get my mood out my energy out so would you say it, it more like reflects what mood you're in rather than like kind of creating a different mood to be in? Yeah, it reflects my mood. And a lot of times people, us as men can't really do that. You know, we we can in different ways, but that's just my way of doing it. I don't like, I don't like venting about stuff and all this other, you know, all this extra stuff. If I really want to, get my energy out, get however I'm feeling now. I can just get by myself, go to the studio, spark one, you know, cool off for a little bit, work on some music. And then it's just I'm right back in my mode. It helps you release your emotions. Yeah. Would you say like you're an emotional person? 
Would I say that? I would. I'm a Virgo. What does that mean? I'm a Virgo too. We're we're, we're Virgos. We're emotional people because <laughs> we're very well grounded. I was told that I was cold. It's like cold. Okay. You can be cold. You can be cold and emotional still. You think so? Yeah. How? You cold to that person. That's all that means. That just means oh. you don't like them for real. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last question. What advice would you give to someone struggling to get creative or not confident in their art? Like I said earlier, it's a, it's a planted seed and you have to water it. If you, You'll never be confident if you don't work on it, if you don't get better. It's just like riding a bike. You have to practice it. When I first started riding a bike, I just got this vivid memory of me not pressing, like pulling the brakes and I was hitting the mailbox. Like, Wait, you're talking about like a bicycle? Or yeah. Like a motorcycle? No, a bicycle. Like yeah. I was a little kid and I, I, I just, I can remember that and my dad looking at me like, pull the brakes. <laughs> but see, and I, it's not like I got discouraged. It was like, okay, I made a mistake, but now I learned, okay, I got to pull the brakes quicker. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I almost hit a mailbox. So I just, I just, I just have vivid memories of things like that that remind me. Like it's stuff like that that keeps me going. That is like future motivation. I can think about that back then. You know, it's, it takes practice. I think it's you're, you're gonna fail. You're gonna mess up. You're gonna run into mailboxes. You gonna, you gonna forget the brakes. Sometimes you just do, but. You got to go again. And then next time when you get the breaks, you're not going to hit the mailbox. So it's a chain reaction of mistakes that don't happen again to where you secure the goal. Greatness is achieved by baby steps. It's a bunch of nobody sees all the little steps. They see the big picture. Once they see the big picture, they didn't see you painting it. They didn't see you drawing the picture. They didn't see you buying the canvas. You know what I mean? They just see the finished product, no matter how long it takes. They don't see you getting frustrated, putting holes through your picture, through your pain. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. They don't see that. <laughs> they don't see you getting upset. So you just gotta, you just gotta thug it out. Thank you, Chef Leek, for being part of Power and Humanity. I appreciate you for being on. I appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Power and Humanity where we choose to make a change. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at power underscore in underscore humanity.